Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Colin Packer. been a good morning already, and I'm excited for what's ahead. I promise you the best sermon you've ever heard this morning, so we'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do, I want to just remind you about our Easter plans this year, so you can be preparing and uh, think about who you're going to invite this year as well. Uh, April 4th is Easter, uh, so we're, uh, what does that make it, two Sundays out, I guess, at this point? Something like that. Uh, our services are going to be a little different our times on that morning. We're going to have 8.30 as our acapella service. That'll be live streamed. And so a little earlier than our normal nine o'clock for that. Our, our second service is going to be an outdoor service. And so if maybe you haven't made it back yet and you're joining us online, you're ready to do that. That might be a great day for you to join us again for the first time. And uh, you'll want to get here a little early so that you can grab a, uh, a seat on the northeast corner of our building. Uh, we'll have uh, bring your own blankets and lawn chairs and There'll also be parking spots that you can also be spaced in your cars if that's uh, more uh, a better situation for you. Uh, and then our third service, this service will be at, at 11 o'clock that morning, so 30 minutes later than normal. That'll also be live streamed, uh, that third service. And so we invite you to those times. There'll also be events in between, some outdoor activities for the kids and families. I'll tell you more about in the coming weeks. But this morning, we want to introduce to you uh, an opportunity for our families in particular uh, we have 12 eggs of Easter with a 12-day family devotional guide. And so uh, today before you leave, if you've got kids or grandkids or somebody that you want to tell the story of uh, the days leading up to Easter with, uh, we've got a devotional guide for you to walk through that leading up to uh, April 4th. And so be, that'll begin March 24th, the first of those 12 days. And you can pick that up in the Faith at Home Center today. Or if you're joining us online, you can drive by and it'll be at our entrance to the north in a tub outside that you can grab uh, in the coming weeks. But I uh, want to make sure you're aware of that and that you grab that uh, today if you get the chance to do that. Well, it, we are in week 24 of a 31-week journey through the story of the Bible. And we're doing this through a chronological uh, reading of the Bible called The Story, which is an abridged version that takes a, a huge chunk of Scripture and helps us see the story of Israel, the story of the Messiah coming, Jesus. And that's where we find ourselves today is in the story of Jesus uh, in the gospel, particularly of Matthew that we'll spend more time in uh, this morning. Uh, much of this week's reading was through the teaching ministry of Jesus, the message that Jesus had to proclaim throughout his time on planet Earth. And there were a few miracles in the story. We read about uh, uh, Jesus calming a storm, about him healing a demon-possessed man named Legion, 
a young girl that he heals, a woman he heals. He feeds 5,000 people. He walks on the water. So some big time miracles in this story. We also read about some parables that Jesus teaches. Uh, Jesus preaching uh, sounds a little different than my preaching most of the time. He was often around in nature and in places, and he would tell stories that just were naturally told parables where he would surprise people with, a, with, with an explanation of what the kingdom of God is all about. Parables like the, the mustard seed, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son, the good Samaritan, all those we found in our reading this week. And I struggled this week to figure out where to go in the sermon because there's, I can almost preach, you know, two years worth based on the stories, the parables, the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, uh, a few years ago before I came to Greenville Oaks, I spent just an entire year preaching through just three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so maybe in a future year, we'll, we'll do that again at some point. But for me, there was only one place we could land, and it was because of that, because of the time that my mentors and professors in school spent time on in, that, in those three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount is how we refer to it. We refer to it as that because it says that in chapter 4, Matthew 4, Jesus begins his ministry with all of these healings of people who have disease and lepers. These are people who would have been outcasts in society because they have diseases that set them apart. Uh, leprosy was something that would you'd have to go live in a separate part outside the city. You'd be separated from your family. When Jesus heals these people, you can imagine that they care deeply about whatever it is that Jesus would have to tell them about how to live life. And so that's what Jesus does. He, he heals their diseases, and they walk up this mountain. Jesus walks up, and all these people follow him up the mountain. Again, these are outcasts. These are people that are they're, they're poor. They're, they're the marginalized of that particular time and culture. And during that time... Jesus goes up and he preaches this sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. Again, like I told you, the greatest sermon you've ever heard in your life. Matthew 5 through 7 is this sermon that Jesus preaches. And in this sermon, Jesus basically says, this is what the abundant life looks like. If you want to know how to live life to the full, what I'm going to teach you is going to be what that's like. It's his kingdom manifesto. It's, it's, it's why he came to earth and it's what he's laying out for his church to live out. It's the good life according to Jesus. But as we get to this sermon, I want you to know there's a little bit of a background that's important to realize about this sermon because anytime you get people in a room and they read a scripture and you ask them, what does this mean to you? Well, you're going to take very different things out of that, right? There's probably lots of interpretations of the Sermon on the Mount, but there are two in particular that throughout the centuries people have kind of landed on one of these two sides. One side says that Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount as this impossible vision of things that we could never fully live out on our own. And so it really is meant to help us realize that we can never get per- perfect on our own. As, as Christopher spoke to you earlier, good grace is the realization that there's not, no but, there's nothing we can do to earn the grace of God. And so this is a sermon that calls us to this great high standard so that we'll finally fall to our knees begging God for his grace and his mercy. So really this isn't something that's doable, not something that's really possible for the church to live it out. The other other extreme or the other group says, no, 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 Jesus actually meant for us to live this out. This is the best way of life possible. This is the kingdom of God. We're to live just like Jesus taught us to live in the Sermon on the Mount. So those are the two perspectives that we come to the sermon from in history. And a few years ago, our student minister, Wes Raspberry, made a challenge to our students he said, I, don't, I think it was a, a meal was on the line. Is that right, Wes? Wes would buy a meal. And it could have been Taco Bell, could have been more. I don't know what the plan was. Maybe the student's choice. 
But there was one student out of all the students actually going into ninth grade that year who said, I'll, I'll try that, and was able to memorize the entire Sermon on the Mount and 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 uh, share that to Wes. And so what meal was it? Where, Cheddar's. Cheddar's was the big prize. Better than Taco Bell. Well done, Wes. But that one student was Elisa Chacon. And that was four years ago. And right now she's finishing up her senior year of high school. So I, I, when I was talking with Wes about this, he said, you ought to see if Elisa would be willing to recite the Sermon on the Mount. Now it's been four years. So I went, you know, about a month ago, I reached out three weeks ago and I said, Elisa, do you remember this? She said, well, it's going to take a little bit of work, but she was willing to put in that work again. So I asked Elisa if she would share with us the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're not going to have the words on the screen this morning as we normally do when Scripture is read, but I want you to hear this as those early hearers would have heard it, right? For the first time, the words of Jesus, this is how you're to live. This is the best way of life possible. Uh, so Elisa, I want to encourage you to come on up and, uh, and share this, uh, the best sermon you've ever heard preached. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. The disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecute the prophets who are before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything. It has to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light from before others and may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For truly I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to people long ago, You shall not murder. Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is there told to the courts. Anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gifts there in front of the altar. First go and reconcile it to them, then come and offer your gift. Cuddle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you pay the last penny. 
You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. Anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said to you long ago, do not break your oath. Fulfilled to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All I need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to the other cheek as well. If anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, hand over, take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Give, if anyone forced you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He, com- he, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward for your Father in heaven. So when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so your giving may be in secret. And your heavenly Father, who sees when it's done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees when it's done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not go babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Heavenly Father knows you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people they sin against you, your Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, but disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they receive their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, 
shall not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not sell up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and seal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and seal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If in the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. If you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was just like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall I drink? Or what shall I wear? For the pagans went after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. In the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look as speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take this speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to move the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred, and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For the one who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. It's the one who knocks, and the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter the narrow gate. First, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you recognize them. If you will pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who is the will of my Father. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do not prophesy in your name, and your name drive out demons, and your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. 
Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew against the house. Then it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew against the house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings, because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. I told you it'd be the best sermon you've ever heard. <clears throat> Thank you, Elisa. Maybe we need to do more scripture memorization, see what's possible now, right? And I got to tell you, my vote is that Jesus actually intended for us to live this way. Not that we had to live this way in order to earn the grace of God. We settled that earlier today about God's good grace. But because of the grace of God and because of the power of the Holy Spirit that's been given to those who believe in Jesus, we now have a power to live in a new kind of way the best kind of way possible. And and I think Jesus makes it clear about how serious he is about this because he says, whoever hears these words of mine, which in particular he's talking about the Sermon on the Mount with the end of this sermon. Whoever heard this sermon and puts it into practice, that's who the wise person is. The fool is the one who heard these words and then just leaves these doors and lives the way they always did. You know, growing up, when I thought about wise and foolish, when I thought about those who were in and those who were out, I, I guess I always thought that the, you know, Christians were the ones that Jesus must be talking about. And that those who never heard the words of Jesus, they must be the fools according to this story. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, actually, the wise and the foolish people, they both heard the words of Jesus. The only difference between the wise and foolish ones are the ones who put into practice the words that Jesus taught. That's what wisdom is, is to hear the teaching of Jesus, to hear the way of the kingdom and who choose to orient their lives in that way. I got to confess, I've been foolish a lot of times in my life. I spent a lot of Sundays listening to the words of Jesus only to leave the doors with nothing changed and nothing put into practice. That's really what foolishness is. So Jesus says, yes, this is what I intend for you to do. G.K. Chesterton once said it this way. He said, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. That's what Jesus is saying. People find this way difficult and they go, Well, it seems a little difficult for me. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of difficult things in this passage. Before I get to those difficult things, wasn't it cool that as, as Elisa was sharing the Beatitudes, the rain started falling on the roof? I thought it was like... The blessing of God, right, announced on these people. And, and then let up so we could hear. If you weren't in the room, there was rain that came uh, right as she was reading the first part of Matthew 5. But the difficult parts of this passage, whew, it's not just murder, it's not just adultery that are the problems, it's, it's lust and anger. Those are what lead to those things. And bless your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Difficult words. 
But maybe in the season of the last year, the most difficult thing that Jesus says is, don't worry. Do not worry, which would be nice if we could just say that to our kids. Just don't worry about it, right? doesn't seem all that helpful. But then Jesus goes on and he says, you see the lilies of the field, you see the birds of the air, they don't have a thing to worry about because their Father in heaven sees them and takes care of them. So you don't have to worry because this is all taken care of. And those upside-down blessings, not the blessed or the people that we call blessed in our world. No, it's the poor in spirit. It's the merciful. It's those who are persecuted and picked on because they believe in Jesus. This is the way that God gives to us. Yeah, I think it's been left untried. I think Chesterton's right. But what would happen if we actually took Jesus' words seriously? What if we truly believe that Jesus isn't someone that we just listen to a sermon and we just pat him on the head and say, well, that sounds nice in heaven, or that sounds nice when things are perfect. No, what if we actually tried this out? What do you think? Is it worth a try? Let's pray as we close this morning. God, I I thank you uh, for the the powerful miracles that Jesus did while he was on the earth. Um, Those things point to me that Jesus is divine, that he's not just a human like the rest of us. And yet, through your spirit, you say that we can do even greater things than these. And God, I don't know what that means. But there's a power available that I have not yet tapped into. And I think many of us desire more of. And God, I thank you for the parables of Jesus, the story of the Good Samaritan, maybe the clearest picture of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. The story of the prodigal son reminds us that you're a God who loves us and welcomes us back home when we have wandered far away. And God, I thank you for the sermon, as difficult as it is, because I deep down truly believe that if I would live the way you've taught, it would be the best way of life possible. That's what I found, God, in my life. And I know many of us could testify to the same thing, that when we wander away from your truth, things are much more difficult in life. And when we follow your words, God, even though it may not be an easy road, it is a a road that's filled with abundance, a full, full life, God. And so this morning, God, as we leave these doors, we'll find out if we're the wise or the foolish ones. We'll get an opportunity once again to hear these words of Jesus and to actually live them out. And God, I think that's your intent. I think that's what Jesus intended is is that we would not leave uh, these doors saying, well, that was a great sermon. But we would leave these doors finding out that those were the ways to life. And so God, we uh, thank you so much for what you've given us in Jesus, for what you've given us in your Holy Spirit, for what you've given us in your good grace. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This morning, maybe the the morning you want to devote yourself to this way you've heard from Jesus. And if you'd like that, we'd love to receive you for baptism this morning. Uh, Talk to me after the service. And we also have Easter Sunday coming up. That may be the Sunday you want to celebrate uh, uh, coming up. But uh, it is something that as we look at the words of Jesus, I want us to consider is how do we commit ourselves to this way that is the way to life. And so if you have interest in knowing more about that, I would love to meet you after service and we can find a time to meet later this week. Or if you want to be baptized today, let me know that. But right now, be standing as I offer our benediction this morning. Church, may you come to see that the words of Jesus are true. That the way to the abundant life is through this difficult, narrow path that leads to abundance. 
I also pray over you, my brothers and sisters, that you would generously share the good news of Jesus Christ with those you encountered this week. Go in peace today. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Facebook. You can find and like our page at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.